I categorize energy. There's physical energy. You're either tired or you're alert. Um, physical energy forget, f affects things like your, your emotional energy as well. So it's one of the things that contributes to your emotional energy, for example. So there's physical energy. There's cognitive energy. Can you concentrate? Can you focus? There's emotional energy. You'll know your, your emotional energy is low if you are easily triggered, if you feel angry a lot, or if you feel emotionally overwhelmed. Uh, and that can be anything from not being able to get out of bed in the morning right the way up to flipping out in some way one predominant emotion is overwhelming you and it's not appropriate okay so there are times when emotions are appropriate and there's there are times when very intense emotions are appropriate such as grief and then the final one is what I call spiritual energy and for those of you that are secular folks this isn't some fuzzy thing I refer to spiritual energy as will will and motivation Essentially, either you're working on the universe or the universe is working on you. You're either ch making changes or it's forcing changes on you. Having the spirit and the will to be able to take action and make changes, that's our spiritual energy. For those of you that aren't aware, there's a thing called the Weekly Insight Series, which is a set of articles and podcasts that I produce on meditationcourse.live. So if you go on there and subscribe for free, you'll be notified of these. And so this week, the one that I'm going to be doing, I've written it out, I'll send it out tomorrow, is on emotional energy. What to do if your emotional energy is drained? It's gone one of two places. It's either been sapped out of you with an unhelpful inner narrative or it's been sucked out of you by other people. Yeah? So you know, we've all heard of these energy vampires. That's largely what they extract from us. The energy vampires is our emotional energy. And of course it affects everything else as well. All of these things are interlinked. How do you know if your emotional energy is depleted? Overwhelm and it's a sense that you're angry or resentful. Generally, anger and resentment come from a sense of being trapped. So the main source, if, if I was to take sort of 50 students and average it out, the highest amount of emotional energy is drawn out of people by their people who are closest to, particularly women by their children who draw their, especially when they're a little bit older and they're battling with the world, the mum takes it on herself to try to keep them safe and happy. Okay, so to, to help you to, to build some healthy boundaries with your children, the most important thing you need to realise is, I'm going to repeat, repeat this a couple of times because it's so important, you can never make anybody happy. Have you noticed? You can't make anybody happy. You can't make your children happy. You can give them everything they need to be happy. So you can lead a horse to water, you can't make it drink. It's useful to recognise that, and it's also the same with other members of our family, our partners, children, everybody, and people that we're close to. The way to deal with this unhelpful overstepping of the boundary into the responsibility for somebody else's happiness is through self-compassion. Yeah, it's as simple as that. So what self-compassion is, the example that I always use, which I need to come back to, and it's useful repeating it for those of you that have heard it, is you're in the airplane and they're explaining how to use, you know, what happens if there's a, a problem. And they say, if the 
cabin pressure drops, oxygen masks will drop down. Always put your oxygen mask on first. And by putting your oxygen mask on first, you're then able, it enables you to help whoever it is that you care for. Uh, and what happens in, in our culture is a lot of things. So the pressure on individuals is to focus all of their care on their family and not outside it. Most of us don't have the time or energy to be able to care for others because we're so deeply connected on and deeply focused on caring for the people that are closest to us. If you can let go of the boundary of expectation that you can bring happiness to others, you can take some of that energy that you're using in the family and, and focus it externally. So let me give you an example. When I'm in a queue, very often now, we, we've adopted the American way in shops and restaurants and so on of asking people, how are you doing? So, you know, they, this was never a thing, but it is now. How are you? How are you doing? And so somebody behind a shop asks probably 500 people how they're doing, and they say, I'm okay. Uh, can I have a black Americano, please? <laughs> if you say, I'm doing fine, how are you? Their face lights up. <laughs> it's because the preceding X number of people are indifferent to them because they're so absorbed in their own lives and they've been drawn into absolute focus on their group. Now, that doesn't take any time, but what it does take is two things. One is awareness, and the other is the willingness to share some positive energy with somebody outside your small group. And that is a solution to so much suffering by expanding the group of people that you care for a bit and managing your energy w within the group of people you care for the most so that it doesn't deplete you. It mustn't deplete you. Because if it depletes you, 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 you become less capable of caring for them. So then, then there are the self-compassion practices. And there's also the compassion practices for others. And there's also what we did on Tuesday night, which was forgiveness. So that's a very powerful thing. Okay. So if you could... You just want to get yourselves comfortable. What I'll do is some energy meditations. first step to managing your energy is to become aware of it and the first step to becoming aware of it is to become aware of those psychophysiological states that are the most obvious so the most obvious ones are stress and tension and relaxation literally there are very few things actually in the body and mind that are dichotomies they're either one or the other but this is one of them you're either stressed or you're relaxed 
there's either tension in your musculoskeletal system or there isn't. And of course there's a scale in between. So I spend a lot of time, especially beginning meditations, focusing on releasing tension and the areas where it's most persistent are the eyes, the jaw, the shoulders and the hands. So if you find an open, balanced and relaxed posture, this is an ideal, so the most important thing is you're comfortable. Second to that is your posture. So provided you're comfortable, seek an open, balanced and relaxed posture by placing your elbows by your side. Often we place our palms or the back of our hands on our thighs, which enables that. And finding the most comfortable place to balance your head on your neck and placing your feet wherever your body is most stable often flat on the floor this combination takes a lot of the tension out of our body, out of the shoulders we're no longer leaning forward so we're no longer needing tension to maintain that posture as you breathe in and out, on the out breath allow yourself to slump you all know what slumping is from when we were kids and we'd slump in our seats and uh, our teachers would say Mitchell stop slumping and so then we'd have to sit with our back up straight they knew what they were talking about and we can just slump which is to let all of the tension out of our body but because it's balanced we don't slide down in our seat we don't our head doesn't tip forward and then bringing our attention to the center of the eyeballs which interestingly almost everyone can do frictionlessly placing the tongue up against the sharp part of the bottom teeth so it's in contact with the back of the top teeth causes you to breathe in and out through the nostrils and relaxes the jaw which relaxes the face which relaxes the eyes and then focusing on the center of the eyeballs as we breathe out that association between the out breath and the focus on the eyes will incrementally release the tension from the eyes we're just noticing the out breath as we notice the eyes checking in with our balanced posture again possibly placing the thumb tip and the forefinger tip very very gently in contact breathing in normally breathing out releasing tension from the mouth and lips jaw and throat if you don't know whether you're releasing tension you don't know if it's relaxing or not you just focus on the jaw 
as you breathe out. Another check-in, are we balanced, breathing in normally, focusing your attention on the base of the skull, breathing out, scanning your awareness down the shoulder muscles, down to the arm. Base of the skull, down the shoulder muscles, to down to the arms and each out breath we're scanning down and we're allowing the weight of the arms to pull down the shoulders which is okay because we're balanced if we did that while we were leaning forward we would slump forward So instead we maintain all of this tension to stop that from happening. And we want to notice the weight of the arms pulling down the shoulders. Again, checking in on the balance. If you move your head around, side to side, backwards and forwards, just looking for that place which is the most comfortable. Whatever is the most comfortable, is the position where you're engaging less tension. And then breathing in, bringing your attention to the wrists, breathing out, scanning down the palm or down the back of the hand to the tips of the fingers. And now breathing in, bringing your attention to the space between the eyes. Breathing out, scanning down eyes, jaw, shoulders, down to the tips of your fingers, down through your body, through your feet and into the floor. Breathing in, space between the eyes. Breathing out, cascading down the body, scanning down the body. 
down through the feet and into the floor. Allowing your posture to relax into a balanced position each time you do that. And now just gently bring your attention to the breath in the belly, just at the point where the belly meets the chest. And allow yourself to notice the rising and falling of the belly. Now, if there's any uncomfortable, difficult emotions in the background, placing the hand on that space at the top of the belly and then checking in to, to ensure you're relaxed again. the hands on the belly and each out breath you're allowing the body to relax into a balanced position this has to be comfortable if it's not comfortable you just return to focusing your attention on the breath I mean comfortable emotionally or physically and as you breathe out allow yourself to notice whatever uncomfortable emotion there is and repeating in your mind as you breathe out releasing releasing continue that if you're noticing that whatever discomfort there is becomes more neutralized it calms down a bit now bringing your attention to the breath in the nostrils noticing the coolness of the in-breath and the warmth of the out-breath just back to a focused breathing meditation
single point of awareness. And now include the rising and falling of the belly. And notice how they're both synchronized. Notice how the belly rises and the nostrils breathe in at exactly the same time and the belly falls and the nostrils breathe out at exactly the same time. Again, checking in with your posture, gently releasing any tension, finding that most comfortable balanced position. Noticing the synchronization of the breath. If you have a busy mind and it helps to do so, as you breathe in, saying in the mind rising, as you breathe out, saying in the mind falling, rising, falling. Noticing the synchronization of the breath in the nostrils in the belly. And if we so desire, repeating in the mind, rising, falling. I'm going to practice this for the next two or three minutes. going to add another element to the mix and let into our awareness as well as the air entering and leaving the nostrils, the belly rising and falling, noticing the mind, saying in the mind rising and falling, allow into our awareness the passage of sound through time. 
this is all soft, gentle awareness. We're not focusing on these elements of the present moment. We're allowing them into our awareness. moving our attention to the space between the eyes, space between the eyebrows. Just noticing that. which is known as the third eye. This is notable because it brings us balanced awareness. So we're aware of internal phenomena, such as the breath, and external phenomena, such as sound. And just by focusing directly on the third eye, we can allow into our awareness without even trying sound and the breath. as we do this sooner or later or continuously doesn't make any difference thoughts will arise and what we're looking for is a new thought says, uh, whatever we were thinking about a second ago doesn't matter staying focused on the space between the eyes and noticing a new thought arise when a new thought arises, we note it in the mind, saying in the mind, thinking, thinking. There we are, focused on the third eye, the space between the eyes. It's a soft space about the size of a golf ball, maybe bigger, satsuma. It's not a single point. It's a soft, gentle awareness of the space between the eyes, from which we notice thought arising, whereupon we repeat twice in the mind, thinking, thinking, and then allow our awareness to rest on the space between the eyes again. Another thought arises, note that, thinking, thinking, and repeat. 
this is noting thought from the third eye. I'll practice this for the next few minutes. Every so often checking back in with our posture and any tension that's arisen, releasing it on the out-breath as many times as you need to and then gently returning to the third eye and awaiting the arising of thought to note it and repeat. Maintaining our awareness on the third eye. This time when thought arises, what we want to do is make an instant throwaway choice, a guess almost, whether we recognise that thought or not. So if we recognise the thought, it's a thought we've had, we might have had before, we say in the mind repeating. If we don't recognize it or we're not sure, so, so that we don't trigger a do I remember this thought, thought process, we say in the mind fleeting. So all thoughts are fleeting unless we're sure we recognize them, in which case we say in the mind repeating. realize that for most people for most of the time thoughts are repeating so don't worry about that it just is as it is so our attentions on the third eye thought arises recognize it say in the mind repeating not sure or don't recognize it say in the mind fleeting and then back to an awareness of the third eye and repeat this is noting the quality of thought from the third eye practice this for the next few minutes
again, checking in with your posture and any tension, releasing it on the out-breath, as many out-breaths as you need. Returning to the practice. Noting the quality of thoughts from the third eye. over to allowing yourself to feel whatever sensations there are in the third eye and in the area around it, the forehead, the eyebrows, the eyes, but largely the third eye, how does it feel? tension in that area by focusing on the out-breath. So the in-breath, the coolness in the nostrils, and the out-breath, awareness of the third eye. In-breath, nostrils, out breath, third eye.
just a gentle soft awareness of the third eye. to be free while you're doing it. tension in the body, gently, gently allowing it to be released with the out-breath. Noticing the movement, the rising and falling of the breath and the passing of sound through time. Gently returning your attention to your surroundings. Okay, so what, what we did was some practices there that work with a number of different of the levels of these energy, of this energy. Obviously there's physical energy. Balancing your posture releasing tension that's a good way to help you out the noting the quality of thought meditation tends to move us deep into the origin of thought in the mind and you may have spent some time in a dreamy place or yawned or gone into a micro sleep and so on and so forth uh, and once you get enough practice with those deep in the mind practices you can use them as a way of recovering from lack of dream sleep in the day um, and then the overall result although it'll actually take a few minutes to, for you to realize it is you've got more energy overall uh, you don't feel like you've got more energy now you just want to go to sleep right <laughs> But uh, bit by bit, as you uh, re-energize and re sort of reconnect with the going about the day element of your life, uh, you'll notice that there's a little bit more energy to do that with, and that's where the will and spirit comes from. So that's just a little roller coaster ride up and down the hills and valleys of a few energy connections from the body. 